Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Lawyering Up. We have a great episode today. We are honored to have the manager. Stop, stop. Keep the expectations low. It's Dave Pedry. (laughs) So, uh, as always, I'm Jared Farentino. With me today are attorneys Edward Saramboli, attorney Greg Fellerman, and Luzerne County manager, attorney Dave Pedry. So, if you don't know Dave, you've been living in a cave for the past several weeks. Uh, Dave has been on the forefront of the COVID-19 fight, but he's also been the county manager for several years now, rebuilding Luzerne County government through home rule. Uh, Dave and I have a pretty extensive history, much of which will remain under wraps, but Dave and I met when he was interviewing at the DA's office. A quick story, I was there about six weeks before Dave arrived for his interview. So I walk out to the reception area and I say, who's this kid? And I said, I'll take this guy under my wing after I was there for such an extended period. <laughs> under my wing ever since, right, Dave? Well, it's got me this far in life. Uh, I still remember that. I, I remember you were talking about a big assault case you had. I think it was like a bar fight punch or something. And at yeah, that I'm point, sure I lost you know, that case, too, whatever it was. And so, I, I would say this, is that if seventh grade Dave Pedry knew that I would pass with Bishop Hafey superstar Eddie Saramboli someday, yeah. That kid would have been beyond himself watching Eddie light up the court. Uh, Bishop Hafey and, uh, you know, those those years, man, I can't believe I'm here. It's my big big day. I'm a legend in my own mind. (laughs) Those are great teams, Eddie. Come on. (laughs) Hey, we were district champs, 1991 district champs. It was the first time in, um, I think it was like 28 years that we were able to crack that nut and win the championship. So Listen, was, a much skinnier Dave Pedry was there with very, very thick glasses and all my nerdy friends. Yeah. <laughs> I was much skinnier, too. I graduated high school. I was about 140 pounds soaking wet with two bricks in my pocket. So. <laughs> so, guys, it's just a little bit more on Dave. Dave has been a part of Luzerne County and, and will always be a part of Luzerne County history, quite honestly. Wait, wait, wait. Before we get off topic. Yeah. There's, there you go. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There's our man. There it is. Remember those days? Oh, man. I tell you what. Look at him. That's our guy. I tell you what, though. I was, from a style perspective, I was well beyond my years. I had the armband on, you know, the short socks. Too bad they didn't have video cameras then. We could have watched video highlights. He never met a shot he didn't like. So, guys, uh, our guest today, as I said, Dave has been with the DA's office for seven years, did uh, a lot of big-time cases, was a part of the Selinsky case with me early on and really helped develop that prosecution, really from the early stages and much of the law that carried us through on to the conviction. And Dave, in his own right, had his own. Jeff Dennis was a big case. The police officer that killed uh, his wife, Carly, was a case that Dave did. Then he moved out into private practice, came back to be our county solicitor through a pretty tumultuous time. And then a homeboy doing real well, makes very good and becomes our county manager. So Dave has seen our county rebuild itself financially. He's had glaciers in the river. He's had floods. (laughs) He's had fire bombs. Earthquake. Um, We had an earthquake. earthquake. I think your greatest. Tornado hit the mall. Then yeah. we end up with COVID-19. But I think Dave, everything Dave has done, and, and all kidding aside, has been a major, Dave has been a major driving force in restoring the pride 
both at the courthouse and beyond. I think people look to Dave as a positive force, despite some of the challenges he had when he got in and has endured as he's been in. And I think we can all agree, Dave, you're always a smiling face, a positive force, despite managing a huge staff. And you know he's accountable to the county council, but more importantly, he's accountable to 300,000 plus Luzerne County residents and our two newspapers and our many news stations. So we're really happy to have you here, Dave. Well, listen, thank um, you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the kind words, Jared. I mean, I, obviously we go back a long time. It's been an interesting ride here in the county and bringing the, being the county manager now for now for four or five years now, I feel like almost going five years now, we're now hitting the next step of where we're going. And I truly feel like we were rolling pretty good up until this pandemic hit us, and uh, we did make some huge steps, but now the next step is what's going to be next. So Dave, keeping with the pandemic, you and I stay in pretty close contact, and we were following this thing worldwide, and then as it crept here to Luzerne County, take us through that process. From the first case to yesterday, what kind of a ride has it been for you, and where do you see it going? Uh, well, first off, I mean, like it feels like, I mean, for everybody, it feels like a lifetime ago before this thing first started hitting with us. You know, we first started getting the, the word from the Department of Health, from the governor's office of this coronavirus to be vigilant on it. Our EMA team was aware of this, started working on it in January, actually, uh, and started to get this process in place. Nobody knew how bad it was going to be. But if you remember those first days of the coronavirus, we were looking at hospital spillover and respirators and, you know, people not being able to make it at all and setting up warehouses. That's what the first part of our preparation was. When all these things started happening, we really said to ourselves, okay, what's the next step? And we got to work. And, you know, I I put together the coronavirus committees, crisis committees, uh, which Jared and Greg are part of. It really means a lot to have people, the good people in the community to be there. In addition, I started working with the hospitals, and I got to say this for our hospitals in Luzerne County, all of them pivoted very, very hard and started to get the preparations in place very, very early to make sure that they had the necessary supplies. They are still working very hard. Hazleton, more than anywhere else, uh, the Lehigh Valley Hospital in Hazleton has been hit the hardest. Uh, But that shouldn't be a false sense of confidence for Luzerne County citizens. It's not just confined to Hazleton area. While we have been seeing our numbers slowly decline um, over these last couple of days, last couple of weeks, we've seen our deaths rise, and the deaths are coming from nursing homes. So that coronavirus is getting into those nursing homes somehow through a lot of times through employees or visitors, and then as being passed on to the most susceptible, which is the elderly. But we are up over 120 deaths now in Luzerne County. Our numbers have started to decline. Our testing is one of the better testing areas in the state with regard to a couple of different testing sites. We got to keep moving forward at this point. And I just feel like we're close to finishing this quarantine. Where do we go from here? Well, Dave, one of the things too, like it seems like every step you take, first of all, people were looking at you like you had two heads with some of the preparation at the beginning. We were talking about things, the logistics you talked about, people <clears throat> were blowing it up. Won't need that. You know, from Washington on down, they weren't prepping like some of the steps that you took here in Luzerne County. And I think that's a credit to you putting your committee together, getting your staff ready. And we ended up, Hazleton and the county as a whole, just by the numbers, ended up being a hotspot. We recognized that we had an aged population and we're at risk. Many of our citizens were at risk. And you talk about testing. We've had a tremendous amount of testing in Luzerne County. How did you do that? And 
how was it met with by the public? Because there was a little pushback, sure. and you seem to have weathered that storm. Tell us what that was like. Well, listen, the first thing is, you know, you're talking about emergency management. And, you know, as you alluded to in my introduction, in my time as county manager, I've been, like I said, for almost five years now, I've had the first ice gem flood in 80 years, a firebombing at children and youth, deaths at the prison. We had a bomb scare at the Luzerne County Courthouse, three blizzards, two water main breaks, and, you know, a tornado hit the mall. Uh, so I always say, like, if you, oh, a cyber attack in there as well. Uh, so I was like, listen, if, if anybody sees a locust, you gotta let me know because I feel like somebody's trying to tell me something, uh, you know, hey, about we got death hornets, death hornets are coming. Uh, listen, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're on the way. I, I just don't, I just don't want them to hit Wilkesbury, man. That's all I'm saying. Uh, so I mean, yeah. like, listen, we, Eddie's, we've learned Eddie's from, we've learned from our past. Right. So, so we've learned from our past. I mean, those, we've learned we've learned from this, and we started doing preparation ahead of time, or we started looking at things, and we started getting together. And you know, the main thing that I was trying to get out when we started preparing for the testing site was President Trump, Governor Cuomo, Dr. Fauci, all the individuals who are at the national level of the coronavirus fight didn't agree on a lot of things, but they all agreed on one thing, and that was that we need more testing. So immediately when we found out that we had an opportunity in Luzerne County to bring a testing site to Luzerne County for our citizens that's going to be staffed by the National Guard, staffed by the Pennsylvania Emergency Management and Department of Health, of course we're going to be there to assist. Our Sheriff's Office has been up there handling traffic and security. We've been getting about 150 to 200 people a day. And you know what? Dealing with the Luzerne County, Northeastern Pennsylvania media is a hard market. We have a lot of people who want to be involved, a lot of people who have to get out there. So we have competing news stations, competing newspapers. And I don't think that our state has got out the word quick enough on the testing side as to what it really was. People thought it was going to be, you know, an episode of The Walking Dead and zombies <laughs> slowly crawling across Highland Park Boulevard to get tested. When in any way, shape or form, that really wasn't what happened. And so initially there was a little not in my backyard from a lot of people. But I'll tell you what, it's really come around. And now we see testing at the arena which has been very, very successful. We've seen testing at Rite Aid in Plains. Obviously, our hospitals are still testing. We have the ability to do it now. Of all the counties, I was on the phone with the governor's office earlier this week, and I said, of all the counties across the Commonwealth, and you know, I'm, hoping, I'm, I'm striving to get us into the yellow stage, you've got to say that we have some of the most extensive testing throughout the Commonwealth. Dave, so with that, with all the testing and everything that we're doing, are you seeing a light at the end of the tunnel for us? And, and if so... Uh, yeah, I know when none of us have a crystal ball that could kind of predict this, but when do you think like the testing will stop and then like what happens after that? Or are we just going to be testing from now indefinite future? I think the, the mass testing will stop. We've been at the point right now where we've been getting between 15 to 30 positives a day over the past week, week and a half. And that's been pretty consistent. That's the best thing we can do. And then we can show the state, hey, listen, maybe we're ready to reopen. Unfortunately, I think this is just going to be a factor of our lives until there's a cure or something along those lines. We don't have that at this point. So I think that even when we go back to the yellow stage or the green stage, we're still going to always have this in the back of our minds and they need to make sure that, that they're there. Now, the testing I hopefully will get distributed to our medical providers and our doctor's offices so people can get tested quickly and safely. But seeing 15 to 30 numbers a day, that's where we want to be, and we're happy to see. So that means that's working. This staying at home, this this quarantining, this spreading out amongst everybody here, you know, I, 
and look at all of us. We're on this podcast right now, uh, all from our homes and offices. I would much rather have been at uh, that cigar pub we took John Haycomb to a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Dave, I have a question. So can, I think one of the things people don't understand, and maybe you can help them understand, is the math. The math to set everybody free. Because Wolf has these models he's using, and no one really knows, like, where's the number? What do we have to be at to get through these different phases? Do you know that? Yeah, no, the governor's office has said that it's over 50 per 100,000 residents over a 14-day period. So if we are consistently under that number, and we have 300,000 residents in Luzerne County, I mean, we haven't hit 150 cases only one day, really, throughout this entire pandemic, even with this number of testing. So I think that we're getting <coughs> to that point, and we do have the testing available to be there. The problem that I believe some of the, the state is having right now and the people watching the media and our, and our public at large is, you know, there's always a, well, this is the number, but we'll review that as well. So there is some sort of a subjective and objective type of argument. All we can do is keep doing what we're doing. The Luzerne County mm -hmm. Courthouse has been closed. We are still working here. It's been working, obviously. And I do get a little frustrated when seeing some of these things, especially... Uh, I took myself off of Facebook, on a Facebook, on a Facebook. But like people are like, well, it's only in nursing homes. Who cares? I mean, like these people are going to die anyway. Like, well, that's somebody's mother or grandmother or, you know, or sister. Or, that's our neighbor. And if it's in a nursing home, it's in our community. So it's not just in our nursing homes. We have to watch these things. So you have the protesters, which that's great. You have your right to protest. But to show up, like they're protesting Governor Whitmer in Michigan, right? Is it, is it Michigan where they're protesting? So yeah. Okay, we're protesting your stringent guidelines. Really what you're saying is we can police ourselves through a pandemic. We can socially distance, we'll wear masks. You show up without masks and armed to make yeah. your point, which I don't know. To me, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot making that point. You're like, no, you're actually proving that you can't police yourself and socially distance. What should have happened there, to me, to, to make the case and an effective protest would have been social distance, wear a mask, don't be armed to prove that point. Show the governor or anyone that you can police yourself because that's the next step. You know, becoming a green county or becoming a yellow county doesn't set you free. It requires personal responsibility too. And again, don't get me wrong, and I think you guys can all agree, Protesting is fine, but show the world you're responsible enough to lift yourself and your community out of the risk. And by doing the social distance things, like one of the things, Dave, you're dealing with COVID-19, but you still got to operate the county. The county is shut down. Our businesses are shut down. I have a chiropractic clinic that is essentially shut down. But we recognize, yeah, that's got to happen right now. So we find other ways to make these things work but there is a personal responsibility that has to take place too. Obviously you get a lot of feedback, good and bad, some crazy, I'm sure. What do you say to people that are taking you to task on those things? I've been getting a lot of responses recently on, uh, well, uh, Lebanon County has said that they're opening no matter what. And Dauphin County has been doing this, this kind of stuff. You know, my thing is, listen, I'm going to be listening to medical providers as we move forward. I'm not a doctor on this. I'm, I'm an attorney. I'm an administrator. I'm trying to do the best thing we possibly can. But you know what? We're still going to live with this. So doing things like social distancing is still has to be part of it. There's just no way around it. 
We can't just be children and say, well, I want to go back to the way it was. Listen, I would love to go to a restaurant. I would love to have my kids have their opening day of Little League. I would love to do all those things. I would love to have a normal election in June with the same number of polling places and people handing things out. With this pandemic, we have to take into account the risks that we have. We've been so close. When we start to see our numbers come to a better location, we're getting there. So what I've been telling people is to just stay the course. We've been doing all the right things for the right reasons. And, you know, what's the next step will be the big thing. But, you know, a little bit of patience, I think, goes a long way right now. Dave, I have two questions for you. The first is, take us through the decision for you to call the governor and ask for the National Guard to come to Hazleton. You know, take us through that thought process, because I, I don't think that people really understand what that was all about, why you did that. And then the second question I have is, what's the courthouse going to kind of look like in terms of social distancing when this opens back up? And really from, you know, I mean, I'm, I do all civil litigation. Jared does predominantly criminal investigations. And, and how are we going to social distance jury, essentially? Like, you know, those two questions. So, but first, let's talk about the National Guard. Take us through how tough a decision that was. Sure. Listen, the National Guard was, a, was obviously, that was at the beginning of this entire stage here. And if you recall, there was just a report that came out from the Lehigh Valley Hospital that the residents of Hazleton were in no way, shape or form taking social distancing seriously. So we were seeing 80, 90 percent of people not taking social distancing seriously. And then subsequently, we saw the numbers spike through the roof in Luzerne County, all based out of the Hazleton area. Once Hazleton then begins, those individuals travel, they meet people, they do other things. So obviously that comes through. So what I did there was like, listen, I didn't do something like that lightly. I never have asked for the National Guard before. But what I did was, it was really twofold. Number one is I wanted to show the public that we're doing everything we possibly can and to just how serious it is regarding this. And number two is I wanted to put it on Governor Wolf and the state's radar that Northeastern Pennsylvania exists. We're fighting this and we need assistance. You know, being from Northeastern Pennsylvania, you and I both know Pittsburgh gets a lot of attention. Philly gets a lot of attention. And sometimes Northeastern Pennsylvania gets lost in the wash. But when you add up all the counties of Northeastern Pennsylvania, you're looking at over a million people in Lackawanna, Luzerne, Pike, Monroe. And we needed that state attention. Now, listen, obviously, the governor said we didn't need the National Guard. The sheriff, our sheriff, the county sheriff was there to help Hazleton City on their curfew. But what it did do was it opened up conversations for me that I think assisted with the testing site. I think it helped Pima provide more PPE to our loser. I don't think it's a one for one in any way, shape or form. But just drawing that attention to what we're doing here in Northeastern Pennsylvania, I think it was successful. I would say that the governor's office and Department of Health have been very responsive to us. Sometimes I don't get the answers that we're asking for. Sometimes I don't get the answer that I want, but they've answered the phone and we've called. As for the courthouse, things are going to change, Eddie. And I think, you know, I was talking to Judge Vogue on this, who's a president judge. We're already starting to work on this. First off, it's going to be probably only litigants only in the courtroom. So think about, you know, one of your truck cases, uh, you know, car accident case. You're bringing in a family. You're bringing in somebody's, you know, like this This has changed somebody's life. So you're bringing in the wife, the, the husband, the kids. I think it's only going to be the actual litigant who's able to answer. And then when we have juries, the Luzerne County jury courtrooms are, are set up like every other courtroom, 12 people in a box. We may set up juries all on uh, one side of the courtroom in the, uh, just at people's social distance. 
and have one or two people per bench um, in the gallery. Not ideal for litigation. I mean, like I know from my time as a litigator a long time ago, following the, the coattails of Attorney uh, Farentino and Attorney Fellerman, uh, you know, when, you, when you're trying a case, it's hard to talk to the jury when they're all over the place. Uh, but that's what it's going to come down to. We're still collecting as many things as we can online and doing as much mail, but I think it's going to be some work. So, yeah, the one thing that I was a little taken back by was as the crisis hit, the fact that it was so easy for the courts to take out their pen and just basically, I won't use, suspend the rule of law, basically. Hey, we're closing the courts. We're going to do our best. Now, I know they've kept things moving. But my my question is, have you guys considered, you know, what kind of technology can be put in place to better serve the courts and to keep things moving in these types of situations, because as we all know, the rule, the law has to continue no matter what. And as we're seeing our civil practice using the technology, the Zoom doing now, you know, have you guys discussed that with Mike, you know, President Mike Bogue, what you guys can do to incorporate that to to make it a better, keep the wheels moving basically. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny, this pandemic has opened my eyes to a lot of different things because a lot of the, there's just no way we can do that. That's not how we do things. There's no, it'd be like, it has now changed to actually you can do things this way. Uh, I'm thinking about my children, youth caseworkers for the County, always in the office, always doing everything. And then when they moved, they moved pretty hard and now have been uh, working from home and have been doing a great job by. So I think Judge Vogue and his team are going to be moving to more of a guide in those things because when we open back up, everybody's going to want to have their case heard, and rightfully so. So there's going to be a, a huge backlog. It's going to be a lot of work. Social distancing is still going to be there. So how do we do these Skype calls and, and Zoom calls and those types of things in order to, to bring us into the fold? Judge Vogue has been working a lot on the criminal side because obviously the criminal timelines are very, very tight. But I believe the civil sure. stuff will be working. I think that uh, will be the next step. Dave, let's shift gears for a minute and uh, talk about the election. And I know you've been dealing with a lot of cast of characters, and sometimes it probably feels like the bar scene from Star Wars, you know, in those meetings sometimes that they're a little bit intense and a little bit crazy. But take us through the decision to, you know, the mail-in ballots. And and, and obviously, I mean, it's a super hot topic right now, you know, hot button issue. We have an election coming up? Yeah, there's an election coming up. Yeah, right around the corner, actually. So take us through, like, the ins and outs of that and some of the bashing that you've been getting about it as well. Well, listen, here's what it comes down to when it came to the election. And once again, it was like, oh, we have to have a primary in the middle of all this. And so we still have to have a primary election in June. It's a presidential primary. It looks like it's going to be, obviously, Joe Biden and, and Donald Trump in the presidential. So there's not an incredible amount on the primary of of a big draw for cases, uh, I mean, big, big draw for people to come out. The big race right now will be the Republican to face off against Cartwright in the eighth, I think is the major race that we'll see in the primary. But honestly, you know, listen, once again, we hit the coronavirus. So what was happening was we kept getting calls from our poll workers who are over 65 years of age, many of them, and said, listen, we're not coming out. And then we start looking at our polling places. And a lot of our polling places are smaller locations. I'm thinking about church basements, those locations. And they don't have a lot of clear air coming through there. And they don't have a lot of availability for social distancing. So you know what? The Department of State and the legislature said you can change the polling places for this election. You can actually lower them by 60%. So we did that. 
I can continue to just to say we're going to keep doing the same thing over and over again, but you know, somebody's got to make a decision we had to move. So we made the decision to move forward with our polling places consolidation. We actually consolidated up to 59.4%. So we are within the law on that. We've consolidated them to bigger locations, high school gyms, cafeterias, plenty of parking, plenty of space, and we can spread out all over the place. Just had a about a three-hour Board of Elections meeting the other day where we went over everything. Board of Elections approved the plan. So we are all moving forward with the June 2nd election. I do think that it's going to be a good, fair election. And I think everybody, you talked about the cast of characters that, that are for and against anything. Listen, everybody wants the same thing, which is a fair and safe election. And most importantly, keep everybody healthy. I think that everybody wants that. And, and how we get there is the biggest question. And, and Dave, the fact that you got this done as quick, it's one landmine after another. You know, it's the pandemic and then operating the county. So we joke there's an election coming up in November. All eyes of the nation may once again be on Luzerne County. And we've talked about this on our show. We talked about the Bradley book, The Forgotten, and how this county was so critical in the outcome of the last presidential election and it quite honestly went for President Trump and was a key in him securing Pennsylvania and the nation. So you have new voting machines, you have new voting protocols, you have hopefully a pandemic that we've moved on from and we don't have a resurgence prior to the November election. Are you taking steps internally to prepare the county for fall and the challenges that are coming in. And many people wouldn't necessarily realize that not only can't you please everyone with these decisions, that you may ultimately be challenged in federal court by a disenfranchised voter or a disenfranchised group or a particular party. So are you doing things to prepare yourself, number one, to do it properly, but number two, to satisfy due process and the the challenges that may come or could potentially come? When it comes down to the, I mean, for example, I'll give you a perfect example. That would be the mail-in ballots. People are, well, what are these mail-in ballots? And the county's doing this. And I, I, I'm telling everybody that, first off, this is the state law. You have the ability to have a mail-in ballot if you so choose. We are just one county following exactly what the state should be doing on these things. I sent out a mailer because under the CARES Act, we have federal and state money in order to pay for it. We mailed an application out to every single loser and county voter. Democrat and Republican across the county. We put in per household. So if there's three people in your household that are registered to vote, we put three applications in there. You can take that. You can disregard it. You can fill it out. You can still vote to the polls. Any of those things you can do. But that's all of our, I mean, Jared, I, I can't turn off the, the attorney part of me. When I have to testify to a disenfranchised claim, I want to say I gave everybody an opportunity to do this. I was on the media and all these different things. I was on the Law For You podcast uh, yeah. where I did all these things. You know, the, cross-examination. Out there on these things. Yeah, you better, get a good, you better have a good lawyer, Dave. <laughs> I know a guy. So, so that's the thing. I mean, we're not a clearly blue state anymore. We're not a, mm-hmm. a clearly red state. So what you do is going to be surgically taken apart and examined, and whether you're right or wrong. And so many times, and I do municipal work and work with you pretty regularly, and Greg and Eddie have done these things where you say to yourself, it's not only about pleasing people, it's about satisfying the law and then being able to stand up to the oncoming challenge. So we 
may very well find ourselves in a situation where you're answering for the difficult decisions you're making right now because we are a place that can go either way. We could go blue, we could go red. And if we go red, you may get a blue challenge. If you go blue, you'll get a red challenge. So it's interesting to hear your thought process and taking it through. And from what I can see, Dave, you're being compliant, you're considering, you're providing safe physical locations for people to vote versus some states have gone totally mail-in and that's been met with some challenges. And I think, but you take a state that is typically blue, like California, you may not see the challenge there. You're going to see the challenge here where it is a fight and it could go either way. So it's good to hear that you're preparing yourself for those things. And again, you hate to live your life anticipating litigation, but it is a necessary evil. Yeah. Uh, but you're foolish with. not to. It's, You'd be foolish not to. Here's what right. it comes down to as well that I feel like is this is this cell phone <coughs> right here. Okay, like so, or I, you know, I think that when it comes to especially elections, people want to be 100% sure that their vote is counted and it's fair and it's equal. So especially for June and especially for November, actually, is that we're going to be working these cell phones with state Republicans and state Democrats and independents and state legislators, you know, we want to make sure everybody has input on this. Now, listen, sooner or later, there's going to have to be one decision. The election board make a decision. This will be the end of the conversation. But as much information as we can put out there in public ahead of time to say, this is where we're going, being fully transparent. You know, people forgive you for having problems when they see that you've been working on these things for six or seven months. And June 2nd is the primary. We'll get caught up on the primary stuff. You know, we'll get everything in. But probably June 10th, you know, we're going to be prepping for the November election, which be, will be a, a, a game changer for our entire nation, potentially. And Luzerne County, once again, we're right in the middle of it. It's a funny once thing. more into the, what do we say? Once more into the breach, Dave. What? That's the old DA's office. Once more into the breach. <laughs> you know, it's good, though, to hear, Dave, that part of the, I think part of the problem is, is that people think they're, they just have this idea that, like, there is no process. And it's so good and refreshing to hear, no, no, look, this is the process. Like we've been doing this, we're talking to people, we're analyzing the law, everything else. I mean, you, you just look at some of the rhetoric out there, like, you know, they, everybody got a mail-in ballot and all of a sudden people are like, I can't believe they're forcing me or they're not allowing me to go to a poll. <laughs> no, that's not, yeah. that's not what happened. It's just, right. you know, we're trying to do everything possible so that people aren't disenfranchised. And it's really refreshing to, to hear that. And I commend you for your efforts on that. You know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you is, we've been talking, we talked to Paul Adams at Wilkes and, and uh, you know, Sean Walker from the Wilkes-Barre School Board. And I mean, there's just been some amazing stories that have come out of this whole thing as well. What's one or two that you could share with us that like you've, you've taken, like you've been totally surprised. I mean, like, wow, that's amazing that, that this person or this these people have stepped up to the plate and for our county, for our citizens, you know, for our country, really, during this pandemic? Well, geez, there's so many. I mean, like, what, well, first off would be anybody who was serving on our crisis committees. I tapped some of the smartest and most intelligent and, and hardest working people in the county to help out. Except, except for Greg and Joe. Except for the legal yeah. community. The legal one yeah. does have some issues. I'm not going to lie. We're going to. That one's but, challenged. But, you know, like, but, like you know what, you know what's really really been impressive to me is the Luzerne County now in one system. So the Luzerne yeah, County workers, are, they are there 24, seven, 365. 
and they don't get a break for a coronavirus. They don't have, they, they can't do these things. So they're sanitizing their work. Our telecommunicators are still there answering phone calls. And I was on the phone with Fred Rosencrantz. I'm like, oh, Carl's down. People don't want to go. He's like, listen, some calls are down, but some are still at need. So there's still fires and there's still uh, police calls and there's still ambulance people, or EMS people going out there. The entire EMS community in Luzerne County has been really impressive. Attorney Mike Lombardo has been working with us from the Piston Ambulance Association as well. You know, all of these things come into play. But when you talk about uh, the 911, the 911 workers have been completely a breath of fresh air. People who just are just doing their job no matter what. You talk about the people who are, I'm going to work no matter what. I'm essential. Those are those individuals. I've been impressed with them. Dave, and, and I agree. The 911 people are doing great. And then in addition to the courthouse and the election, you got a prison you got to operate too. And what have been the challenges? Knockwood, we have kept the COVID-19 out of the prison, but what have been the challenges there? Mark Rakovich, uh, his tenure has certainly been challenging. What have been the things that you and Mark and his team have been doing? Well, once again, corrections officers, again, you know, essential workers going to work every day and working in a tough environment and they're doing their part. So, you know, I I appreciate what they're doing every single day. We've been blessed to be able to have a COVID-free Luzerne County correction facility. So Mark, you know, started working with the public defender's office and the conflict council office on identifying individuals who are at low level misdemeanor freight areas to see what their bails are. And their attorneys sat down with the courts, filed petitions. We're able to reduce the number of people in the prison, which was a major uh, help for us in order to to combat this. In addition, those corrections officers are working every single day to make (coughs) sanitizing and following through and, and everything they should be doing. Mark Rakovich, in the middle of all of this, changed our healthcare provider for the Luther <laughs> County Correctional Facility. You know, so, I mean, like, we are consistently working on these things. And, you know, like, listen, you know, was it Russ never sleeps? You know, the, the, the county doesn't stop. We still got to keep moving forward. And, you know, our prison is just one example of that. What's yeah. life been like in the Pedri household? <laughs> listen, it's been interesting. You know, like, it, Having the kindergarten school downstairs while I'm upstairs on the on the phone doing something else, been a lift like everybody else. Uh, I have been enjoying, you know, getting home for dinners with my family every night. Not something that I'm able to do every single time with the county. That I, I we obviously work past a lot of time, but you know the kids are living their best life, man. My kids are. They do a little work. They're on their friends. They're having a great time. Their mother and I are looking forward to a nice long trip to their grandmothers and drop them off. This is over. My wife said to, my wife said to me this question. morning, she goes, we need a vacation. I said, <laughs> from what? <Yeah. laughs> from, I, you Dave, know. Dave, I have, a, I have a question. One thing that I always worry about and think about are, you know, the people who are having a hard time making it in the sense of, you know, just simple, like getting food. I think that's a, a big issue. I've seen the, the stories, and I think the counties and our local food banks have done a great job. Can you touch on that a little bit? Because it's just, I think it's something people, you know, assume it's okay for us, but you really, you know, you worry about other people. I mean, what, so what's what's the, yeah. Let's break it, I mean, like, let, let's break it down, Great to the most human need. The most human need is shelter and food. You know, working with the food banks has been really impressive. We've been able to allocate funds from our, our human services group and our community development group to in order to support those individuals. The CEO Weinberg Food Bank, led by Gene Brady, is doing some really impressive, smart things, getting people this food where we're at. 
and also the school districts. The school yeah, districts have been it? very, very helpful getting them out to the kids in need. Um, and, you know, you hear a lot of the negative. Okay, I, get, I hear a lot of the negatives. I hear the, I, I hear positive, the commenters, though. all those different things. But the loser and county community is a strong, giving, helpful community. I mean, like, so you don't have people who are volunteering their time to drive food to seniors in need. I mean, yeah. overall, the, you know, the loser and county citizen is a caring uh, citizen who wants their, their community to do well. And yeah, you hear the negative, you hear the, you hear nobody's doing their job, nobody's helping anything. But listen, guess what? The truth as a whole is, is somewhere, somewhere uh, different than that. Yep. Congratulations for that, because that's, I've noticed that. I think everything you've touched on is true. I think everyone is really caring and doing things for people in need. And that's something you learn, I think, sometimes gets lost before a pandemic or a crisis. You know, the work together to help everybody. So that's a good thing. Dave, what's the summer going to look like for the riverfront things? Any decision on that yet? Yeah, unfortunately, we had to cancel it for the Rock of the River, which absolutely broke my heart, Eddie. I mean, like, yeah. my, my job has a lot of a lot of different things that I have to get done. But the best thing that I, I most thing I enjoyed more than anything else in the whole world was the Rock in the River last year in July. Six thousand people come out to that riverfront. Yeah. It was uh, a beautiful thing. And, you know, we made sure that we got it all cleaned up for your wife's yoga the next day, which was, yeah. <laughs> yes. that was important. Yeah. And it, everything worked out beautifully and it was community and it was people coming together and nobody was on their cell phones and yeah. it was everything I wanted to do. And it was a lot of fruition of, you know, when I got this job in 2016, I want to say those are the things I want to do. And now getting to the point where I'm like, I can do those things. But unfortunately, due to the coronavirus, we've had to, uh, we've had to postpone that. We're going to look at September dates to see if that's a possibility, to see if we can do something there, if the weather holds up. I mean, obviously, it comes down to sponsorships and those things and, and making sure bands are there. But, you know, people want those things. I, you know, I, I was slow to uh, cancel that because I said, yeah. that will be the best party. This <laughs> After all of this, oh, sure. I was like, we're going to have a rocking party on the river in, in July. It would be jammed. But. I'm going to be following the safety guidelines on this and the rock of the river will ride again. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you, that's you know, a huge success. And my wife has been working with um, a couple of people, you know, in the County trying to figure out how to continue doing the yoga on the riverfront, which I think they're going to be able to, I think they're actually going to be able to do it, you know, with, you know, having the mat six feet apart and, and everything right. else, because, and I commend you for, it's such an amazing jewel in our county that's so underutilized, that riverfront. And you've done a great job. And, you know, I've, I got to get, my wife has done, you know, my wife's done an amazing job with the riverfront yoga and just, you know, using it more, you know, it's, it's, it's been, you know, it's been really terrific. So you, you don't know. know the number of people that came up to me at the riverfront was like, I didn't even know we were here. I didn't know we had this. And they lived in Wilkesbury their whole life. People, people that work at the courthouse didn't know it was so nice. <laughs> It's, beautiful venue. It's unbelievable. It really is underutilized until you started doing that. No, no doubt. You got it, and it's good. It's it's really uh, you know it's amazing that the that you know that that you're doing that, Dave. You know, Greg had mentioned about the food and kind of people volunteering. And have you seen a shift in kind of you know people's attitudes towards kind of helping a little bit? You know, a little bit more during the you know during this time. Because I mean, you're talking. I mean, you're on the front like. You're on the front line 24-7. Are you seeing a lot more people that are picking up the phone and saying, what can I do to help? You know, I've seen a lot of that with our business community. You know, people who are also dealing with the economy, dealing with furloughed employees, dealing with all the issues that they have, 
But my phone's been ringing off the hook with, hey, listen, I got these extra masks we can donate here. Or, you know, the medical group said, hey, listen, you need that billover hospital space? I got 400,000 square feet. You just let me know and I'm going to pull the trigger on that. The North Point group just drops off masks for us. No problems. Here you, here you go. The business community of Luzerne County has stepped up. And it's not corporate. It's not like somebody in Chicago. It's people born and raised here that have been working on those things. And that's been great to see. We have a good community. We really do. Well, Dave, if there's anything we can do for you, you know we're here for you. We look forward to the day we can have you back in studio. <laughs> right? Yeah, we're no doubt. Down, hang out. And we will go to the best cigar pub and have a cigar. Maybe sure. we'll invite you. We'll see. I think I'm old that. You're like, def- I, I tell you what, you are absolutely old that. We had a blast when we did it there with John. It was <coughs> great. It's a fantastic place. And, and we, we have to figure out the social distancing Friday afternoon cigar deal. I'm working on it here at the compound. So we're going to figure it out. <laughs> Here's the compound. Good to hear. Listen, as everybody's aware, I'm not afraid to pick up a phone and ask for help. And all three of you have been there time and time again for me every time I ask for assistance. And that means a lot. And we're going to just keep moving forward. And I appreciate you guys having me on. And let's stay safe out there. We're almost through this, hopefully. No, Dave, keep up the good work, man. It was great to see you. Great to talk with you. And you know our numbers, too, okay? Thanks, guys. See you guys.